You're listening to The Soju Sessions, episode 79 on the Soju Talk Nation podcast feed. I'm your host, Crispy, also known as Crispy Wanton, or simply just Anton. And on today's show, the one and only Jay, Soju Talk patron, Gochu Gang member, joins the show to discuss Crush featuring J-Hope with Rush Hour. Um, and we get into some details um, about Crush about the artistic elements of the song and the music video. Jay himself is a full-time freelance photographer and video editor, so he was able to um, grace us with his knowledge and experience and his perspective on how the song and music video were composed as an art piece and kind of is his interpretation of uh, the coloring and everything that went into the visual storytelling of rush hour um all incredible things i could listen to him talk for hours uh we also talk about his k-pop origin story um jay is also a uh old person so we definitely talk about the 90s and it was just incredibly refreshing and fun to uh jump in that time machine and really talk about uh back in the day you know before the internet was what it is today uh shout out to jay and a quick plug um for his work Check out his website at jyiphoto.com. Um, he does family portraits, headshots, solo portraits, boudoir, weddings, corporate events, pets. Um, he is an incredible photographer, works on the East Coast, um, but he has done events on the West Coast as well. Um, and yeah, check out his work, um, jyiphoto.com. All right, uh, let's get into the show. Coming up, my chat with Jay on Crush featuring J-Hope with Rush Hour on the Soju Sessions. Joining Soju Sessions, a brand new member of the Gochu Gang family. Um, he's a family man um, and someone who's super interesting that I was just like, you know what? He filled out an intro that um, I can relate to. He is also an old person. I am 90, so he's a little bit closer to being my peer than uh, a typical member of the community of the Soju Talk community. The one and only Jay. Welcome to the show, Jay. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Um, well, welcome. You are a brand new uh, GoTo gang member, but you've been around um, the server and the show for, for a minute. And um, it's really cool to kind of see you and uh, have you visible and uh, put a name to uh, a voice and a face. So, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, remember this face forever. I will 100%. It's ingrained, etched into my memory. Um, I like to always start things off with um, our new guest to get, you know, your origin story with k-pop so uh, what were your first memories and when did you first start listening to k-pop first memories of k-pop were so i was born in 1985 and i got into it like 96 97 um so i live in an area in virginia that you know there's a lot of korean people there and so i went to a korean church and i would get like all the info from like all the youngs and stuff because they could drive i couldn't 
And so like they would bring all the CDs over and like HOT came out. And we were all like, whoa. So that was definitely my first memory of um K-pop. And yeah, uh I stuck with it for a while and then you know, I dropped off around mid second generation. Then I started getting back into it a few years ago. Uh, my daughter's four and, you know, my family's nearby, but we don't get to see them all the time because it's scheduling. Uh, and I wanted to, to have access to the Korean language. So I was like, you know, just put some K-pop on for her. She can hear it. So when I'm talking to her, she can, you know, recognize the sounds. She can speak the words, you know, it, it's important to me um, that she because uh, she's half Korean and half white. So I want to make sure she has connection to both sides. That's incredible. Um, there are probably people on the server who are like 96. I wasn't born yet. I was born yeah. in 2000. So um, it, it really does like warm my heart to talk to a fellow old person. It's like, yes, right? we lived the same wars in the 90s and 2000s. Um, not necessarily wars itself as far as like media and like fandom, because yeah. I think it was actually uh, a bit more tame as far as seeing it. I'm sure like the the way people talked about it was probably about the same, but we just, the internet is not the same. There was no internet. So yeah, there was no internet. It was so hard to get, like to hear the music. Like we had a uh, music bank we could watch every week and that was pretty much it. Dang. Do you remember? Yeah. Uh, we had like the Korean TV channel. Like, no one. Yeah. Yeah. And that was it. Like we'd had to either find a way to get to a store. And like I was, in 96 like 11 like i wouldn't drive you know and mm -hmm. i didn't have any money so i couldn't like buy a cd so music bank was like pretty much it and now it's awesome like you can just type k-pop and listen to whatever you want yeah there's just an immediacy to being able to access media right whether that's a video right. on youtube or a song on spotify um or literally being able to text like, your favorite idols on on an app it's kind of crazy um well yeah. let's let's go let's go all the way back to the 90s right so i, I do want to like go in this time machine with you just for the children who don't know we had to listen to physical media um i remember tapes and tape players um going to tower records and buying cds what was that like for you kind of being um an asian american and you know seeing all these images on tv on mtv me like that's how i saw it right and then right. having the desire to wanting to engage with music but just not having the avenue um what was that process for you as far as getting yourself out to a music store and then the wonder and amazement of actually being surrounded by all of this physical media. Yeah, it was crazy because, you know, growing up, we didn't have a lot of money. So pretty much the music that we listened to was on the radio or uh, on Korean TV. I didn't have MTV because I didn't have cable. Um, so, yeah, I would every now and then get a hold of like a blank cassette. And, you know, you like turn the radio on, you wait for your song, you record it so you can listen to it later. That was it. And like sometimes they'd have like at church, they'd have like, you know, the big like bazaars or whatever. They'd have music out and I could listen to that. But aside from that, I listened to a lot of oldies. Um, my parents were really into music. Um, so I was able to listen to like old Korean music and like. I listened to a lot of Beach Boys <laughs> growing up because. Those were the CDs that my dad had um, and a lot, of, a lot of CCR, Beatles, that type of thing. So, yeah, 
that was cool um but yeah i wasn't really able to get myself into like a real music store until i was like 16 or 17 uh 17 because that's when i was able to drive and i remember going in and just being like super overwhelmed like all this stuff is here like when i would go to like a garage sale like someone in my neighborhood would be all like records from the 60s and like christmas compilations and then you see all this media and you're like i don't know if i have enough time to listen to all this and i definitely don't have the money to listen to all this but they had those like headphone stations yep yep you could go and you could like press and listen to a little bit of each thing i thought that was like amazing yeah um god so like i'm like ptsd to the 90s i guess maybe not ptsd those are pretty fond memories to be honest um no i i very much relate to like the beach boys and kind of the oldies of um, western pop kind of getting into like asian culture um that was my grandma's kind of music right she had the beach boys on mm-hmm. cds she i think they're like burn cds actually from like the philippines uh, i think that was yeah. like late 90s at that point um and then she yeah, had faded uh yeah the the printed labels and printed covers yeah Yeah. um and then she had one of um it was like a motown collection um oh yeah it was yeah really fond memories um yeah shout out to my grandma she uh passed away um about six years ago so she means a lot to me and it really does uh bring back a lot of memories of like growing up and trying to access like music and culture and trying to help have that define uh will help define like you and your personality and your outlook right um, I kind of want to go a little bit deeper as far as your development as a person and just being Asian American yeah. on the East Coast. Um, you said you grew up in a Korean um, environment um, with a lot of people in your community. What was that like as far as having that community? And then, you know, when you stepped out of it, did you feel that you were different? And were you able to kind of put words to the fact that you yeah. are a, from a different culture? So it was kind of a unique situation in that the area that I grew up in is like very diverse. I love that about it. Um, And so I had easy access to all sorts of cultures and I could um, connect with the Korean American community um, really easily. But the school that I went to um, was a little bit further away and I was the only, pretty much the only Korean person there. Um, I had a friend who I was like super close with, um, but her parents were not Korean um, as she was adopted. And so I didn't really have anyone to really connect to on like a deeper level uh, about like Korean culture and stuff like that. I definitely couldn't talk to anyone Korean. And so actually my Korean suffered a bit. Um, But yeah, it was cool because on Sundays, like I would go to church and then I have access to like anything I want to know about Korean culture, Korea, uh, what's going on in the news, you know, just being able to speak Korean. Um, so that, that was great. That was super cool. I actually really look forward to it every week. Yeah. Um, I, I totally feel a lot of that where it's like you, you have the family culture that you grew up with and then you get put into a new environment that doesn't exactly reflect what that is. But you kind of have, yeah. to have to adapt on the fly to it. Um, what was it like for you to kind of bring in a lot of the a lot of things that you felt were normal into your school life? Um, whether that was um, kind of just the clothes that you wore, the way you carried yourself, or even the, the language that you 
eventually lost. Uh, I lost it too. Um, my family speaks Bisaya. Uh, I'm Filipino and Chinese. And I can understand it, but I can no longer speak it just because I was not able to practice it over time. Um, did you have any reservations about having your culture be um, a more visible part of your social life growing up? Um, good question. Let me think about that. So the high school, the schools that I went to, well, okay, let me start. So from third grade going all the way throughout graduation, I pretty much stayed with the same group of kids. Um, and our school was actually fairly small. My graduating class was less than 300. Um, and everyone really got along. And like I said, everyone was pretty diverse. So it was pretty easy to be who I am. Um, but it was strange when I got access to a car and I started going places after school. Like up until that point, the only restaurants I had really gone to were Korean restaurants because I, you know, tag along with my parents and we get whatever. And so, and going to like an American restaurant and like, you know, how there'll be like skits and jokes about like, oh, super salad. I'd be like, what's the super salad? I didn't understand that you had to do poor salad, that type of thing. And um, yeah, it wasn't until even later, like a little bit past college, that I realized people like didn't like the smell of like kimchi and like the taste of it and thought that was like kind of weird. And I was like, well, I mean, it's good. Like, yeah, because I and my friends and I had always been like kind of culture exchange. So, you know, I, my, uh, one of my girlfriends is Filipino. So I like got a lot of exchange with her family and had a lot of Chinese friends too. Um, a lot of exchange, a lot of viewed friends there too. And just like actually all cultures. Um, yeah, just, it never occurred to me that someone might think it's kind of weird because those whole, like the community, my school community was small enough and diverse enough that we really embraced the whole like uh, melting pot vibe throughout. And so people would be interested. Um, but it was kind of like a one way street of information. Like I could only tell them what I knew about Korean culture, but I couldn't take anything in to learn more about it. So it, it got a little frustrating that way because Sometimes I'd come across a question I just wouldn't know um, the answer to. And yeah, I think I think that's that was the main frustration about being pretty much the only Korean kid at my school. No, that's it's it's a great story. I do appreciate that you shared that just because, um, you know, the Asian American experience is. It's, it's one of those where I never reflected on it until I was much older. Um, yeah, mid to late twenties, I would say is when I really started to dig into what identity meant and what it meant to be part of a larger Asian identity community. And then what it meant to be part of my specific Asian American community. Um, what I really landed on as far as, uh, an emotional conclusion is that yes, although we come from different nations, um, Korean people, Filipino people, there is some tenants of a similar experience, um, a shared experience with just being in a world that karaoke, hundred percent the singers. Yes. I cannot sing. Uh, a lot of my family uh, loves to sing. Oh my gosh. Um, I have an aunt who is uh, an entertainer in the Philippines. 
Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. She's well, like her daughter is like 19. So she's like an aunt aunt. But mm-hmm. she knows like all the celebrities. She does like the variety shows and stuff. Great singer. Wow. So it, it is in my blood. I cannot express it. But yes. Um, okay. This level up. <sighs> OK. 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 Well, under your tutelage, yeah. I, I think I think that is a uh, an excuse slash reason for us to continue to hang out and talk. Yeah. Um, but yes, just the, the idea of kind of that shared immigrant experience. Right. Whether it's. Um, our personal um, immigrant experience or if we are second or first generation and um, kind of our parents and what they passed down to us. Um, let's skip ahead a little bit to kind of where you are today. Um, cool. You are um, in your mid thirties, you have a family, you have a daughter. Um, yeah. And I did yeah. want to touch on the identity of it because you did mention that you wanted to expose your daughter to Korean music to mm-hmm allow her to re-engage with her culture and identity and the Korean language. Um, what's that experience been like for you um, to introduce your daughter to K-pop with the internet the way it is today? And how are you navigating that as a father? She absolutely loves it. She loves music of all kinds. She's always like singing and dancing and stuff. So that's great. And uh, yeah, she's four and she... I don't think she quite grasps the concept of like race at all, which is totally great. Um, but at the same time, it's she does understand that. Yeah, um, I'm Korean and American. Like, I can speak Korean. I can understand a little bit. How many and how about you are Korean and Samchun is too. And yeah, for a long time with COVID, as I said, uh, my family's high risk. So for over two years, she had. It was me, my wife, and my daughter. So she didn't have like physical access to, well, she couldn't interface, you know, in person with anyone Korean, like my parents, my aunts and uncles, et cetera, et cetera. And so pretty much the only exposure she had other than me uh, was pretty much K-pop because I'm not going to have her watch like Korean movies right now. Like she wouldn't, she wouldn't be able to understand it and she's learning to read. So, you know, eventually she'll be able to do subtitles, but I can't like read the subtitles to her while it's going on. Um, So Mm -hmm. it's been pretty much K-pop for a while. And then, you know, in the past year, we've been hanging out with uh, my parents and they speak Korean to her primarily. Um, And she gets it but she doesn't get it like you can kind of like intuit like what they're saying and what they want um but she is definitely picking up and she's really good on the vocabulary and my wife who's awesome uh she had no real ex- I wouldn't say no real exp- I would say no deep exposure to Korean culture until she met me but she's like she's all in she's like more into k-pop than i am i think oh is she on the server she's not because she is terrible about responding to any sort of messages online or on the phone or anything like that so fair enough yeah um well just know that if you want to relay the message she's more than welcome to lurk because there's just a lot happening um and she can kind of see how uh incredibly um Degenerate, we all are. Yes, I call this all yeah. degenerate. Yes, you guys are. Um, it's okay. Everyone, everyone gets it. Um, I am too. Yeah. You have no idea. 
<laughs> well, we are going to find out. Um, but let's backtrack to your daughter. Um, incredible story, an incredible way to kind of re, um, you know, reintroduce her to her own heritage um, and then even just be a form of language, language adoption, right? Um, yes, yeah. One of my friends um, on the server who's been on the show, his name's Reach. Um, he learned Korean in his early 20s, I think during college. Um, he is not a native Korean speaker, um, but he learned it through a friend who was translating things for him. And then he started watching uh, K-dramas and just TV shows um, with yeah. subtitles on, with Korean subtitles on. So he taught oh, himself yeah? to read. Yeah. Wow. That's was like, impressive. That's, that's an amazing. So, um, well, first of all, your, your daughter is much younger. So her, the plasticity in her brain will allow her to pick it up yeah. amazingly. Um, it, but it still gives me hope. That maybe I can eventually pick up something uh, with all the consumption of content that I, I'm doing. So, um, God, that's that's incredible. Um, well, so how, how's how's it going as far as picking it up? Um, is she able to kind of use it fluently in, in spots? Um, and is she com- comfortable speaking in Korean, engaging kind of in Korean culture with people who are Korean at least in public? Yeah, I would say it's more akin to um, a lot of my friends are uh, Hispanic, like. Kind of like the Spanglish. So you'll be like talking English and like Spanish word will pop in. Mm, uh, okay. It's pretty much like that. So she knows some vocab, but she doesn't know the grammar. So okay. we're working on that. But right now I'm kind of working on vocab and she's gotten really good at um, writing in English and reading. Uh, so right after that, she's learning how to read and write Korean. Four years old. This yeah. this this daughter, you, you have a, you have a genius on your hands, man. When when your daughter is old enough to rewatch this episode, we are speaking so highly of her, man. Her her ego is going to balloon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, what's her favorite group right now? She likes rolling courts a lot. So she, not only is she a genius, she's a hipster. Got yeah, it. Okay, definitely. Yeah, and BTS, she loves Jimin a lot. Okay, she okay. has a doll. There's one inexplicably in like a 7-Eleven and she like ran to it and grabbed the box, which is like really out of character for her. Cause I'm, you know, even at the toy store, like today, um, she was like, Oh, look at that. That's nice. That's cool. She never like grabbed something, but that day she was like, that's Jimin. I want. It's like, what so, is he yeah. doing at 7-Eleven? This is, this is abstract. I'm going to feed into my impulses. Just yeah, like he's this. waiting for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, that's amazing. How did she find Rolling Quartz? Um, was that through your introduction? Uh, my wife found them. So your wife is the hipster. Got it. Got it. We're both. She's more into. Okay. So when we met, I was more into like the indie hipster stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I would be going to like open mics and stuff and all that. And my friends were all like musicians. Well, I mean, they still are. But yeah. And she was definitely more into like the punk and rock and metal scene so it was really cool when we first got together we would be going to shows like every weekend and we'd kind of like go back and forth between genres so yeah she she found them and she was like Gidget will like this and she put it on and Gidget was like yeah that is so freaking cool oh man um well, now we had to talk about you and your wife. Um, so yeah. on the server, you did mention that um, you're married and you, prior to COVID, go to about 30 plus shows a year, live shows. Um, yeah. Well, how'd you meet and how did you do that? 
So then you can tell us all single simps over here the, the strats in order to find and procure a, a life partner as wonderful as your wife. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, her name is Jess. We actually met on OkCupid like way back in the day when it was not trash. Um, when it didn't get sold. This was, yeah, this was like <laughs> yeah. pre-Tinder and everything like that too. Oh, so awesome, OkCupid yeah. was kind of like that. Um, she has a condition and I worked in a clinic before I did photography where that was the thing. And so we kind of like talked about that a little and I was just kind of bold. I was like, hey, do you want to come over and hang out? And she was like, okay. And we met up. We had like three or four dates that week. And then <laughs> the next week she's like, hey, I'm not, I'm not crazy. And I'm not a stalker. But I had already signed a lease and she moved in like a block over from where I was living at the time. So, so yeah, it was meant to be inseparable. Yeah. Oh, man, that's that's amazing. Um, OK, so now tell me about how it kind of evolved into the music and how well, how did you broach that? How did you get to that point where, oh, hey, like I like this music. Maybe you like this music, too. And kind of how. Take me through that process of just getting to know her and her interest. Yeah, well, on OkCupid, they had like the interest thing and like I recognized a few names in like her music list and she recognized some of mine too. And, you know, we would kind of hang out. Um, oh yeah, she's really into horror movies. Like really into horror movies. And when I met, I was really not into horror movies. So yeah, I've leveled up on the bravery, but like I was, for a while, I was definitely like under the covers while she was like watching everyone get slaughtered. Oh um, man, yeah, but, you're yeah, right. Um, she is freaking awesome. Yeah, she's she's cool. Yeah, she's the best. Um, but yeah, uh, at the time I was hanging out a lot um, at this cafe with my friends who are all musicians. And they had like a weekly open mic, um, but it was the kind of open mic where everyone did like originals instead of covers. And so, you know, she would come to that. We would really enjoy it. We'd stay there all night. And then we kind of like, hey, you know, I was thinking about going to the show. Do you want to go? I was like, yeah. And so we just kind of bounced back and forth on that. And we go to a lot of my friend shows. Um, and then we go to shows of acts that she would be following. And anytime I'd get a gig where I was shooting a show, like I'd have her, you know, get on the guest list with me. And then it just kind of went from there, you know? So you're truly living the rom-com of a late 20 year old finding yeah. the love of your life and then just going to yeah. music. It's just, oh my goodness, this is, yeah. this is amazing. Oh, and Can I write I this? I also gotten out of a really bad breakup right <sighs> before then pretty much. Yeah, no. So that's, that's exposition to the rom-com. Yeah. You, you are a rom-com. You are someone write your script of your life story and then make sure you get an enormous check because yeah, I'll act in it. Just pay me. Oh yeah. We could, we could do the, the Kumail Najani thing and just have you yeah. in, um, in that movie. I the, do you remember that movie that he did? Which movie? Um, it, it's the Kumail movie. It's about his life. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's going to bug me. It's I'll, gonna I'll come up too. with it. Yeah. Um, no, I, I love that movie and, uh, you, you are, you are Kamel Noshani as far as I'm, I'm concerned. So, um, we had Indian food tonight, so it's cool. 
you, you see how like the universe aligns so so seamlessly sometimes um well so take me through the genres of music that you guys um bonded over and kind of the types of shows that you've gone to so i know that you mentioned that your friends do music um what style of music what genre and um you know what k-pop shows have evolved into your regular schedule yeah um so my friends were definitely indie definitely just indie we can just say indie just covers that's that's all of them so hey if you're watching and you want to listen to some good music uh look up the family plots on spotify uh and norman rockwell those were the two that um my closest friends were in um but definitely listen to the family plots album because it's amazing it's fantastic and i wouldn't say that unless i thought so um yeah so we went to a lot of those shows. Um, we definitely went to a lot of punk shows. Um, against me, we went to a lot of their shows. Uh, just really into them. We got to see. I'm trying to think of like the bigger names that we've seen. Um, Dinosaur Junior was like the loudest show in the world ever. We were in a small place in baltimore called autobar which is basically like the size of this room times like four and it's all boxed in so every sound that comes out just like goes through i felt like it in my heart like literally i my blood cells were like yeah it was amazing and this is kind of a hot take but i kind of hate it when people for live shows ramble in between songs like i know you have mm. to do like Okay. You know, someone might have to do like a switch of equipment or something, but you don't have to like talk forever. But Jay Mashes for that show, he said hello, played for two hours. Thank you. And that was it. I was like, this is that's exactly what I paid money for. I drove two hours for this, paid twenty dollars a ticket. It's perfect. Best show ever. Um yeah, and a lot of the smaller local acts too uh queens of the stone age we saw that was amazing i recognize yeah. that name i'm yeah. not a hipster but i recognize that name <laughs> um we've seen andrew wk everyone knows him <laughs> i've right. done photos for him at a show nice. uh the misfits did photos there too um but a lot of the smaller more indie bands we've seen a lot of those <clears throat> uh brand new we saw on their reunion mm. tour that was wow. awesome yeah it was really good we're i think at merriweather or wolf trap um god so many memories oh that's incredible um yeah yeah i i, I know the the pandemic has like put a stop to a lot of it for about yeah. two years but now it's picking up again um i'm super happy and excited because i forgot how much i missed it um i think one of the last shows i went to in like 2019 was uh, Tiffany Young and she was touring as a soloist. Yeah. Um, I, I, at the time I didn't think too much of it. It's like, Oh, I'll see her again. Like, Oh, she's making her way as a, a entertainer away from Korea. Uh, she's doing all English music. And then the pandemic hits and everything gets flipped upside down to the point where it's very okay for her to come back to Korea because that's where her work is. Right. Um, it's just kind of crazy to see how far, how much things have changed since then. Um, and I'm really glad that, you know, that was kind of a touch point as far as one of the last shows I went to. And then now 
as the world's opening up again, it's like one of the first reintroductions into like live music again. Not that yeah, I did. Not that I went to the SM show because I would have loved to go to that SM show um, yeah. with the like, Girls Generation, but it's just really cool that that's very much part of um, kind of the natural order of things again, right? So, yeah. Uh, any K-pop shows um, that you've gone to this year? I haven't gone to any shows in the past few years, so I'm just waiting for the numbers to go down enough for mm-hmm. us to like feel safe, and we're we're going. Right. Right. No. We're definitely going. Nice. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to pull for you guys. Spring. Spring's yeah. good. It's going to happen. Something something yeah. good's going to happen in spring. Someone's going to do a stadium tour. It, something it's going to happen for you guys. I'm pulling for you guys. Um I don't know how to transition out of this, so we're just going to go into it. So, um as you know, the pandemic kind of pushed people indoors and you know, we had to find a different way to engage with music, find a new community. How did you find Soju Talk? Um and what were kind of the first memories you had of listening to the show that made you really feel connected to what the crew was talking about? Yeah, um, I actually went through my playlist to see the first played episode, and it was episode 159, October 4th, 2021. So pretty much a year ago, like almost, yeah. Um, I don't know, I just like, I remember when podcasts became a thing, and I was just like, I don't want to. I'm not interested at all. And then two years ago, my friends started their podcast and I was like, okay, I'll give it a listen. I was like, okay, I kind of like it. So I was like, hey, hey, just let's, okay, we like listen to all their episodes. Let's find something else to listen to. And we were like, uh, I wonder if there's anything sort of like a pop podcast. We can try that out because um, I listened to their podcast throughout. Um, their podcast check it out pink kink podcast and i listen to um some woodworking podcasts because that's a hobby of mine as well um and kind of like ran out of material it was like k-pop you know we were driving in the car we had two or three hours ago we we're like we'll find something we can both like enjoy listening to because she'll listen to the woodworking stuff but there's no like no real connection there and so we found Soju Talk right at the top, and I was like, okay, we'll give it a shot. And we listened to it, and we're like, okay, their opinions are good, the format we like, and they're funny, and I love their voices. So, okay, we'll just subscribe, and um, yeah, pretty much anytime we'd be in the car for more than like an hour and a half, we'd be like, you want to put it on? And so, yeah, we've just been listening every week since. That's such a wonderful story. Doug Warren and Anita, I'm clipping this out for you guys. No, that's that's amazing. Uh, first of all, shout out to the algorithm, putting that at the top. Um, yeah. And second of all, just the, and I've said this millions of times, but I always feel like it bears repeating. I really do feel like the relationship is really at the forefront of how they enjoy um, K-pop, right? Where it's very much the chemistry and the fact they've known each other for so long and they've experienced so many things, right? Not only has their friendship taken them through uh, a very formative time in their life as far as being college students, but you know, they're, they're OGs. Yeah, I wasn't this- hear what they're talking about before recording this episode. Oh yeah. Today. The yeah. Theme? They said they right. talked for about an hour. It's like, what? Okay. About all the drama stuff. I'm fine. Right. If you're not going to record it, write it out. Yeah. We could do like a, like a patrons only episode. 
exactly. See, that's where yeah, that's the I, next evolution, Warren. I got the popcorn. Yeah. yeah, we're we're here for the tea, the really, really just like strong tea. Um, no, and I just I really do appreciate everything that they've done to kind of establish kind of the voice and tone of the way that they talk about K-pop. So it's all all amazing stuff. Um, so that first episode that you listened to, do you remember the group? Um, and then or the groups that they were talking about. I think it was the twice comeback was in the title. It feels feels it was yeah. October. Huh. huh? Wow. Okay. I think, yeah. wow. It has been a year. That's incredible. Um, Weird, right? yeah. So as you were listening to that episode, um, and I know that you were kind of engaging it with, within yourself, did you, was there anything that tipped you off that, um, at least reminded you or how do you think about your daughter and how she would listen to a show like this or engage with content, supplementary content on the internet with regards to K-pop. Right. Um, not now, but definitely in the future, I know she'll be interested in, you know, she's very good at exploring her interests. So yeah, she, you know, later on when she actually has access to a computer and can type and spell, she'll, you know, she'll probably be interested in listening to a show like Soju Talkin. We definitely, I think we'd be able to put it in front of her. There's nothing that a kid can't handle, I think. But yeah. Um, and I think it's also a great way for her to maybe... So to introduce people to K-pop, you can put the music in front of them, but you could also put something like Soju Talk in front of them as well. Because just like listening to a korean song when you don't speak the language and you're not familiar with it at all can be kind of like overwhelming especially when they're like oh listen to this album um because not only the language is different but you know the melodies are a little bit different as well the style so having something that a supplement like soju talk can really be helpful for someone who's getting into K-pop because it's something that can anchor them into, um, I'm assuming they're familiar with uh, English, but you know, they can listen to a song and listen to kind of like the breakdown and opinions of it and get like news uh, in English. So they kind of aren't feeling so out of place. I think that's a really good thing. So, you know, if, she wants to introduce her friends later on to K-pop. That's something she could definitely do. Be like, hey, you know, check this out. And, you know, Soju Talk had an episode on it. So, you know, you can kind of like listen to them together back to back. And I think that's a really good way to rope, rope people in. Not that we have to. Like, it's, it's good. You hear that, crew? Your, yeah. your show needs to be alive in the next what would say like five years, six years five from now, years. right? Yeah. For for your daughter to be uh, of age of uh, intellectual development, to also yeah. then listen to a podcast that will supplement her K-pop fandom. Yeah, so, sell children's shirt so she could wear it to school. Yes, yeah, we, we gotta get Soldier Talk merch. Um, aside from yeah. stickers, um, I got this in a giveaway many years ago. But yes, oh, I am one nice. of the few. Um, I, I think Doug does give it away occasionally. Um, for for certain yeah. things. Um, no, that's incredible. And it's really cool that you have that trust in your daughter. Um, it does sound like your daughter has an incredible mind already. Um, but I mean, as any kid is developing, right? Um, are there any concerns for you as a parent uh, with regards to the internet and media literacy and kind of understanding how to interpret 
the information, the images, the content that your daughter is going to see or eventually engage with. Oh yeah, definitely. Even now, um, we kind of have to green what we put in front of her, especially my wife and I were talking about this, like right before this interview, um, the movies that we watched growing up, maybe we have to revisit before we put in front of our kid because times are different. Uh, Certain things that were considered okay back then definitely would not fly now, and they shouldn't. Um, so that, and yeah, I know there have been issues on platforms where, you know, you're in a kid's profile, but some of the content that's put in front is either purposefully um, explicit or you know accidentally gets through the filter so um luckily now she can't type to search anything so anything that she wants to watch like i'm able to like go through the channel first and kind of like watch a few videos you know get a feel for the vibe and be like okay this is cool we'll like put it in the subscription list so that we know that either i or my wife have already screened it and so it's cool um but yeah, as she gets older, I guess we're going to have to like, feels weird saying it. I feel like super old, but we're going to have to put like restrictions on like the router and stuff like with certain places uh, in her devices because it's it's not cool. Uh, some of the stuff that's out there for sure. Yeah. And those are things you do have to really figure out, right? As far as like being yeah. a parent and being a parent of children going through this Kind of a um, transitional period in technology and information. So, no shout out to you, man. It's, it's a lot of work. I don't have a kid, so it's like I'm not really thinking about it. But at the same time, I am kind of thinking about um, kind of the bigger picture and understanding yeah. and interpreting inter information at different developmental periods in anyone's life, right? Um, right. I mean, in, at eighteen, you're supposed to be an adult, and yet I feel like at eighteen depending on your personal experiences and just uh, what you've been exposed to, maybe you shouldn't be on the internet either. So yeah. Um, yeah. Not speaking to anyone, but in particular, I, please. So you talk, you guys are all great. Uh, it's just in general, just uh, scroll through Twitter or Reddit just for five minutes and you will understand. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, well, let's hop into some music talk. So cool. we've got uh, one song that we're going to talk about. Um, I love this song. Um, I love this artist. Uh, I've got Crush featuring J-Hope with Rush Hour, uh, released September 22nd. The main show, the crew talked about it and they raved quite a bit. Um, Doug loved this song. Uh, it's in his top 10, 15 of the year. Yeah, I heard that. I was like, wow. Pretty, dude. pretty okay. good. Um, I, it When Doug says something like that, it, it's really something to stand that stands out and take notice of um, yeah. because... I don't know. It just he he says it with such passion that I I, I do feel uh, a very uh, authentic viewpoint when when he does say it. So um, yeah. when we get your thoughts on Crush and J Hope, um, how how did you kind of receive the song, and what are your initial feelings about uh, the collaboration as Crush's return from the military? Yeah, um, the song. My wife found it first. She said she loved it. She put it in front of me, and I was like, I like this a lot. Yeah, I really like it. I take the groove i dig the feel i like the music video um it was just like it's a new song but i felt nostalgic 
listening to it, it's definitely like we're gonna make a song that's '90s influenced in a music video that is as well, like just right in front of you, and you know it all made sense. And I could definitely hear a bunch of influences from other acts, but it not to say that he's ripping off anyone because he's not because the way he blended it all together was definitely its own thing. And it, you know, it's like you have your ingredients, the way you put it together, you make the you make the dish, and it was it was good, it was tasty. You you are a true disciple of Warren with the food analogy. Uh, no, I, I feel very similarly. Um, I absolutely love the song. I love the aesthetic. Um, I love that this is kind of Crush coming back and saying, hey, I'm going to do a, a really funky, cool song. I'm going to let loose with all my emotions and pent up things from the military. Um, I also saw the video that um, Doug was talking about with Crush on Wendy's radio show. And, yeah, I didn't catch that. Um, I think KME posted it somewhere on the server. But yeah, Crush was was vibing. He was losing his well, mind. Yeah. And um, I love Wendy's show just in general. And Wendy was having the time of her life. Um, I, I do like kind of the blend of the new and the old with this release altogether. So musically, it definitely draws on a lot of inspirations from the 90s, um, even a bit of Motown. So I, I did yeah. want to drop that in from kind of our earlier conversation. I felt that immediately, whether that was a little bit of Stevie Wonder um, and kind of the lightness of Marvin Gaye, but then still kind of uh, more of a, an edge, like a funky edge to it, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and I do feel like there's a very big parallel here with kind of Bruno Mars and what he did in the mid 2010s, right? Where he brought that 90s aesthetic back yes, instead of every, sure. everything. Um, but the newness of everything is the fact that, yes, the setting is something that's pulled out of like, in living color or just like one of those 90s like stage shows right but the set yeah. itself is super modern it's like really up to yeah. date it's like oh this is like set up like one like very high quality great budget but like a lot of these shots are just things that are very modern right like you couldn't you wouldn't right. imagine doing a shot like this back in the 90s so i do kind of yeah. love that film was, film was expensive back then so yeah whatever janky shot they got was what they kept and actually i really kudos to the video editor because the dial that they pulled off with the color grading and everything um so i do photography i also do film like for my personal there's a film called kodak ektar it's like that is the film grade that i immediately was like all right there you go i love it i love the uh i wouldn't say smog but you know the fog like i was like yeah that's you know coming out of the manholes that's yeah that's definitely it that's yeah the 90s. oh yeah. i was gonna allude to that too but you you yeah. said it so beautifully yeah um when j-hope gets introduced in the second verse um and like you said the manhole um like it's steam right it, yeah. so it comes out of man, a manhole um but then also kind of like falling into the environment and just like it's very seamless and smooth, right? How he's uh, transitioned into, oh God. So see, you bring out like the technical aspects of things and I am very much a layman's about things. Uh, I know a little bit, but not as much as you. Um, so I, I, I like uh, Crush's hat, the orange one. Yes. I was like, that's like the Kangol hat. That's definitely 90s. Yes, the style. bucket hat. Um, yeah. G-Dragon has tried to bring it back occasionally, but I, I don't think it's stuck. I'm going to, ch I'll try to bring it back. Yeah. I'll buy you know why it hasn't stuck? Because... G-Dragon is, like, on another plane of existence. Like, True, true. He, he could pull it off, but I don't know if I can. But, you know, Crush, he seems more like, especially with this song, more, like, down-to-earth. Like, okay, you know, I could, I, maybe I'll order one on Amazon. 
Yeah. Oh my God. You're oh, God. Yeah, killing it. Just you know, feeling all the things that I'm feeling very similarly about. Um, Anita really liked the the choreography and the fact that it matched really well with uh, the concept yeah. and the the sound. Um, what are your thoughts on just how Wildin um, Crush went with the, his dance moves and um, you know J Hope being in there and being remind not reminded as if you forgot, but for me it was a great reminder. It's like oh yeah, he's part of the dance line. He oh, dances yeah, great. Definitely. Yeah, I love yeah. this. Yeah, I love seeing him dance like up. Uh, one of my daughter's favorite songs, Chicken Noodle Soup, J-Hope and Becky G. And I love it because I used to be able to dance really well, but now I'm like kind of like pudgy and I don't move as well. <laughs> but yeah, I love the dancing in that. I really like the dancing in this. Um, like the big group, everyone on the street dance reminded me of, again, like the 90s videos, especially like East Coast and Southern rap. They would definitely have like everyone coming out like block um, party-ish, block. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. And one thing that I really appreciate about the choreography, uh, the differences between Crush and J-Hope. So anytime there's like, especially like the chorus, you know, you'd have Crush in the middle, everyone dancing around him. And like a lot of it would be in sync, but then he'd like have his own moves. So he might like go and like flex while everyone goes down. So he's kind of like the hero in the shot, you know, because he's, He's a star. And when J-Hope does his verse, um, the whole time he's dancing in sync with all the backup dancers. Never at any point does he have his own moves. And his last line was like, all right, I'm going to let Crush take the lead. I was like, that's that's good. I like that. God, the attention to detail on, on the music video. And amazing for you for calling that out because um, I, I think internally or subconsciously um it does tell that kind of story where it's definitely focused on crush and j-hope is complimentary to yeah. the the music video but the way you describe it now gives it such uh, a much more so much more volume and just like feeling emotional volume right where it kind of fills in all the spaces and the cracks that like i might have missed but now it's like oh yeah all those things yeah, are amazing like, everyone picks up on it they just might not consciously I do so much with like visual arts that like I had to turn off that part of my brain when I like watch movies and TV shows. Otherwise, I'll just like focus too much on like, oh, how did they like this and all that stuff. But, you know, in preparation for this, I watched that music video probably like 20 times because like, oh, it's like in the middle of the of the prompt. So I should definitely be prepared. So I was I. After like the fourth time watching it, I was like, I picked up on it. I was like, that is genius. I really like how it all comes together. God, that's that's incredible. Well, let's go with all their expertise. So, uh, so that is kind of J Hope's part is in the middle of of the music video, right? As the music video kind of evolves, um, the story that kind of came out of um, the behind the scenes video that came out, I think it was today or yesterday, is that um, it's Crush kind of entering. A city that uh, there's a lot of weight to him right and just uh, the hustle and bustle of the big city um and kind of letting his imagination letting him float and give him wings to find a float within the, the chaos um what is your interpretation of the way that he's describing that relative to how it was executed in the music video um let me think about that i can definitely see it because it's definitely a established it's not just a set. Well, it is a set, but it's not supposed to feel like a set made just for 
this video. It's supposed to feel like kind of like it's been there for a while, you know, all with how some of the signs have been faded, um, the the fonts that they use for um, uh, the marquees and stuff like that, uh, the cars that they have there, the wear, like you you feel like, you know, like, okay, this is a set they put on, but it's supposed to feel like it's been there for a while. And then we all know he's come back and he's back and I am not going to go too far into the lyrics because I don't remember them that well. Um, but I definitely got to feel like, hey, you know, I'm here, I'm back, I'm fresh. This is going to be me. This is where I'm going to go. And the tempo, uh, the key that I was in and the choreography definitely conveyed the, you know, this is kind of like how I'm going to be from now on. This is what I want to do. I'm going to give this a shot. Let's go for it. God, how I'm going to be from now on. What what am yeah. I, what's my direction in life moving forward from this point, yeah. right? This transition point of coming back from the military. Yeah. And it wasn't so like, oh, this is me. That can be like, this is me for now. This is how I'm going to be from now on. And you know what? I'm easy. You know, if I end up wanting to change, that's cool. I love that. This is me for now. That is an amazing encapsulation of kind of the, the vibe and feeling and personal growth, right? Because I feel like... Yeah just kind of thinking back of when I was in my mid twenties and thinking, Oh, I'm either the person I am today or the adult version of me is in the distant future. Right. It's always right. these two uh, very strict dichotomies of um, like rigid personality. And now it's like, I'm a little older. I'm in my sixties. I'm thinking, Oh yeah, I'm this way today, but maybe tomorrow I change and grow and I'm a little different tomorrow. And I feel like you captured that so beautifully and kind of crushes uh message here in this, in the song. God, man. But I also like how happy it is and energetic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you killed it, man. Um, well, I'll, I'll let you end it. Any closing thoughts you have on um, the song, the music video, J-Hope himself, um, we didn't talk too much about J-Hope, but what, what are your yeah. thoughts about him going into this direction, right, as a soloist? Because he did mention in the behind the scenes that this is the first time he's featuring on someone else's track as a soloist away from BTS proper yeah. promotions. Um, you know, his last album, uh, his well, his album was yeah. very different, very edgy, yeah. very, very good, I think, in a lot of ways. Um not that I think, I think it, it's an incredible artistic endeavor that is so different from what we know of him and K-pop. And now he's doing this, where there's a little bit of J-Hope sprinkled in there, mm -hmm. but it leans into K-pop a little bit more. And I like it. I feel like this is a great lane for him. Um, what are yeah. your thoughts on J-Hope kind of continuing to evolve here now with Crush? Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, Oh, let me mention something from the music video that I thought at first was like really cheesy, but then I was like, okay, maybe it's not cheesy. There's always fire in like K-pop videos and like he, um, I forget the line, but he's like doing his thing. There's an important line and like flames come up behind him. I think he's talking about like, like this is my direction from now or this is what I'm going to do. Um, and I was like, okay the fire looks the fire is cheesy it's kind of out of place but then i was like oh yeah but his last song was like arson and there's like a lot of fire there maybe that's an homage to that but yeah um my wife and i have talked about this as well um with the guys in bts kind of taking their time to i feel like okay 
of the hot take. I feel like with all the English songs that they did, especially since they're not all fluent in English, they kind of had a trajectory. And then they hit a point where they kind of lost their voice because they couldn't contribute as much to the lyrics because it's in a language that's not something they're fluent in. And they had a few comebacks in a row where that was the case. And I felt like maybe they were frustrated with that. They wanted to kind of see, you know, we had a moment to think and like, where are we going? And like, what have we done? And where do we want to go? I feel like this is a really good time for them to kind of figure out. They're like the planeteers. Like they each have their own like thing. But when they come together, they save the world. But yeah, I really God, like 90s that. these people are crying right now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for that yeah. i needed every bit of that yeah but i really my wife and i were talking about j-hope going out first i think that was perfect because he's had a bunch of uh solo songs like chicken with soup and features before that and he definitely has a pretty strong identity like musically um Definitely a lot of like East Coast hip hop and West Coast actually. A lot of a lot of both. Like when I was listening to the production on his uh album, I was like, yeah, this whoever produced this has definitely listened to and like deep dives into like West Coast hip hop for sure. Um so yeah, he, you know, I knew he was gonna go out and do his thing. And his first single that came out was so different than like the stuff that BTS has been putting out. We're like, okay, yeah, I'm excited to see what everyone else puts out now. So I am excited to see what everyone puts out now. And I'm excited to see. So P Nation and BTS, they've had Psy with Sugar and they've had um, Crush with J Hope. Who, who's next? Like, are they going to continue this little marriage thing? If it was me, I put Hayes and V. Yeah. I like those two. A lot good. yeah um, i'm also kind of moody and i like the hayes's direction of moody music so and v yeah. does a lot of OSTs. well he's done osts that i've liked a lot um i think the last one was off of uh, our summer our beloved summer um mm-hmm. and i like that song that he did but yeah no um amazing incredible analysis god you are just a wealth and plethora of like creative output and it's amazing that you have this perspective because of your profession, because of just the things that you do on the side. And honestly, I'm just, I could listen to you for 10 hours. I could listen to you all day. No problem, man. Okay. I get up at eight o'clock. So just call me. <laughs> I'll put you on speaker the whole day. Oh God. So, oh, you're, you're so cool, man. Um, well, with that being said, you will definitely be on the show. If I need an analyst for anything creative and I will yeah, put definitely. you down for sure, man. Yeah. I'll um, make sure dress is here with me. She's napping right now. Oh, you know what? Okay, we'll talk offline. We'll, All right. we'll do that. Um, we're going to move now into uh, closing thoughts. Um, no, I'd just like to wrap up uh, any conversation I have with any of the lovely members of the Soju Talk Nation. Which is, how are you? And what are you looking forward to for the rest of the year? Um, we are in the final run, the final four months? God, final quarter of the month of the year, of 2022. Uh, yeah. Um, anything on the horizon for you that you're looking looking forward to or just things that will be keeping you busy as the year wraps up 
I'm definitely going to be busy. Um, yeah, like I said, I took a lot of time off from photography due to COVID. And actually, a lot of photography took time off, period. Like, I used to... I'm a photographer that shoots everything. I do portraits, families, um, boudoir, uh, pets. and But I also do, like, events like weddings. Those all got wiped out. I do a lot of headshots, um, like really professional executive ones, um, but people weren't going in an office anymore, so those got wiped out. And conventions, you know, where all businesses come together, those got wiped out. So, yeah, I've been able to coast. You know, I've booked sessions with people I've shot with in the past who are newer, safe. But now, yeah, you know, everyone's kind of like, feeling a lot better about things now and every time I look at my phone I have another inquiry or like hey can you shoot this and so that's that's gonna be me for the rest of the year um pretty much I'm looking forward to Halloween the best holiday of the year my wife and my daughter will be koalas scary koalas my- or child koalas. Friend. okay cool because i know jess yeah. is the, the horror person so it's like will she spin yeah. this into something scary perhaps we have like the coolest i mean okay yeah. uh, this costume set will be cool but the ones before were way cooler we've done like bride of frankenstein and frankenstein um oh, dude she's done elvira which was like yeah, we've done uh, the Adams and stuff like that. So, yeah. But for those of the kids who don't know, these are all like characters from the 80s and 90s, by the way. <laughs> Look them up. Yeah. They they do exist. They are real. They were during a time when there was color on television. I swear to yes. you. <laughs> um, I, yes, I recognize all these characters. Um, I used to go to a lot of comic conventions and anime conventions mm-hmm. Um uh, throughout the 2010s um i think all the way up until pandemic 2019 yeah. um so I, I definitely have seen versions of these characters being cosplayed and um either on the show floor or by professionals um like at booths and stuff so yes just that's so cool D- does your wife cosplay i think is the the actual question here um not really but kinda <laughs> so she worked retail um when we met and throughout halloween like every day she'd have a different costume which would be most of the time based on a character so her costumes would be like legit like wow like you might not call yourself a cosplayer but you kind of get into character and the costume's good so yeah and that's another thing we bonded on so I worked um, at the time in a pediatric uh, hematology oncology office. And so pretty much the entire week of Halloween, I'd have a different costume on each day because the kids would come every day for chemo or transfusions. And so, you know, they don't want to see the same costume every day. So that's another thing we bonded on. So Halloween is very big for us. Next year we'll be in Vermont. I, I booked. Okay. So. My wedding client in Vermont next year is one of my first photography clients who just knows because she would assist me. So we're all like really close. Uh, the wedding is actually on Jess's birthday next year. So, but we're going to turn it into a vacation and 
it's a Halloween costume wedding. So <sighs> this is like the best development ever. This is literally your entire life. I'm so happy for you guys. <laughs> you have no idea <laughs> right so now. Cool. I'm just like, if anyone deserves a win in life, it's you guys. Because you guys, one, are amazing. Two, raising a great daughter. And three, all of these things are coinciding at the same time. And yes, yeah. just do it. All of it. Hashtag blessed for real. Yeah. God, you guys are so cool. Um, would do you, have you shot anyone or do you have any clients or plan to come out to the West Coast for anything? Um, there were plans. Uh, one of my friends and clients is a professional entertainer. And so he had some shows out in the West Coast and in Europe. And we were talking about me tagging along to kind of like document the whole thing. But then COVID happened. So, yeah, um, I do travel pretty much throughout the country. But most of my clients have been uh, East Coast. And I think that's partially because of the travel costs. Because my clients, they take on the cost. Um, so I'm not going negative. Nice. Well, if you do ever make it to the West Coast for any kind of event, please let us know. Please let me know. I will try to make it out and, and see whatever you're shooting. Just because I, I want to see you in your element, in, in your world. And just seeing you work. Because uh, yeah. You know what? I'll... Get them to pay for an assistant and you can be my assistant for the day. That'd be great. I could do that. Yeah. I could get you coffee. I, I could make all the coffee runs. I'm really good about coffee. I'm great at coffee. I'm great at You're understanding. You're going to do a lot of adjusting of lights and writing down names. Mm, I could do that. Yeah. I could do that. I could see oh, this. And this. you'll have to model for me. Oh. Because, you know, if I get lights set up. I, oh, I did, I yes. The setups. Got in. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, see, I, I, I know the basics. I, I know some of these things. Okay, cool. Just let me know. I'll be there. Um, well, Jay, this was an incredible conversation. Man, I just feel so relaxed. This is a Tuesday night, everyone. Um, and I feel like the rest of the week can just like, just I'm still here for it. Like, come on, Tuesday. Come on, the rest of the yeah. week. Just, Let's do it. Yeah. No, this was Let's, incredible, man. Thanks for having me on. This I was really kind of nervous about it, mm -hmm. but... I heard your voice. I saw you. I was like, okay, this is going to be good. We started talking. Okay, this is going to be fine. I love it. It means a lot. Um, yeah, we'll definitely have you on again. Um, and yeah, your, your work allows you to travel. Um, so we will definitely meet up at some point in, in the future. Yeah, I, I really sure. want this to happen because just a cool guy, man. <laughs> Thanks. All right, uh, let's sign out. Um, right. And, you know, talk offline because we got a lot of things to talk about. All right. Yeah, th thank you everyone for listening to the soju sessions on the soju talk nation podcast feed subscribe on youtube follow on spotify apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts and continue the conversation on the soju talk k-pop podcast discord for jay i'm crispy and this has been the soju sessions Bye.